0: Good morning. Did you know that the most important thing about you is that God loves you? He loved you to the cross and back. And part of His great love is that He gives you a life that matters. You never have to wonder, do I matter? Do I count? You are number one in God's book. And He gives you opportunities every day to live a life beyond yourself. i like to call it a legacy life. This is Sue Donaldson. As you listen today, ask God show me how to spend today, investing in people, and Your Word, because both last forever. There's no better way to live. Good morning. I'm so excited today to introduce you to Roger and Kathy Lip of their latest book. It's out it was out last week, I believe. The Accidental Homesteader. And I want you to keep listening, if you even if you don't ever want to buy chickens or you don't have any interest in homesteading, because it's such a delightful book. Welcome, Roger and Cappy. Thank you so much, Sue. <laughs> it's exciting. Thanks for having us. Oh, sure. Uh, we want to hear a little bit about um, your background, just briefly, because we have so much to talk about for your book, a little bit about your background and then how you came to become an accidental homesteader. We'll start with you well, I'll kick Kathy. us off yeah go ahead. if
1: um so Roger and I been married for about 13 years at the point where we uh were' both Silicon Valley people Rogers in high tech uh I just I just lived there my dad was an engineer Roger's an engineer but uh we we wanted to buy an extra we don't we both always love the mountains and we thought oh we'll just get a little one room place where you know we can go and run away and i can use it as a little writing cabin and then um our our dream kept growing and growing and we ended up buying a much bigger house than we were expecting <laughs> and airbnb it and having retreats here and then just a little bit before the before the pandemic, <laughs> uh, Roger said, what if we live there full time? And wow. now we do. And so we're wow. in the middle of the El Dorado Forest, kind of near Lake Tahoe. And we live here full time on 33 acres, um, mostly woods. And that that's kind
0: of the story. What did I miss, Roger? Well, Roger, oh, you were, yeah, the whole thing about 33 acres, you mentioned that. Book. so what did you think about that taking on 33 acres
2: well you know it was uh when, when we first bought the house or were looking at it uh they they said um and you'll be taking the uh will you be interested in the adjoining 24 acres that we're also selling and, <laughs> no and his response was what what 24 acres? and i was like well yeah let's let's talk oh, wow <laughs> This so, is the man
1: Sue who said when we got married. Just so you know, I don't mow the lawn. Uh, like that's why he we bought a townhouse. He does not mow the lawn, okay, okay. and I'm like, so you're going to manage 33 acre because I wanted nothing to do with those other 24. And he said, well, it's different than taking care of a lawn.
2: You well, know, it's just it a different. It's thing. a lot different. Yeah, it's a,
1: it's a lot yeah.
0: different, but lots I, of. Challenges. I wanted
2: to. I wanted to make sure that the uh, the view that we had. Especially with our retreat center here, you know, this being a a, a writer's retreat, that we'd protect that view, hmm. and yeah. uh, I didn't want somebody else building right there.
0: That it is- was his own manifest destiny. Don't <laughs> was, let, don't that. be fooled, Sue. <laughs> so That's your true. your your middle name is Lumberjack, or something like
2: that. a little bit,
0: a little bit. Yep. No kidding, it's become that, and I love it that you list what kind of tools to buy, and things like that. It's so practical. Uh, you say that you were wanting to make a change, but you were worried it was too late. Now, I think that is, I think that's a common feeling for lots of people. Uh, unpack that a little bit for me, either one of you.
1: Well,
2: well I, oh, go ahead, I, I, I know that for me, uh, the idea of uh, managing a uh, chainsaw or yeah. uh, building a chicken coop or any of the things that we've had to do, th- those just didn't seem at all in my wheelhouse. And mm-hmm. I couldn't envision myself actually doing those things. It uh, it seemed very foreign to me. So to get here in this environment where it's it's kind of required <laughs> that you do some of those yeah. things, uh, it, it was uh, a growing experience. And I, I had to learn how to safely handle a chainsaw and how to uh, correctly build a chicken coop so it doesn't fall over. and. Uh, all, all, of those kinds of things, and it's it's been a, a learning. Uh, I think both of us are kind of lifelong learners, and we want to mm-hmm. understand and learn how to do things and challenge ourselves. And um, it it's it was, um, it was fun, really, to see uh, the the personal growth in yeah. how to do those things. Now, I also have to admit that a lot of them uh, these days, I I also do have some help with, with some of these. So we, we've, we've learned where to hire people and, okay, yes, I can chop down the tree, but I don't have to.
1: Right. And I would prefer he
0: doesn't, yeah. let's right. just be honest. Anything bigger <laughs> than know,
2: a Christmas tree.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So great. Um, what finally pulled the trigger for you to help you make that decision? We're frozen a little bit. Oh, oh finally, sorry. Okay. That's yeah. right. What finally pulled the trigger for you to go ahead and make that decision to move from the Silicon Valley to a homestead?
1: I'll let you go, Raj.
2: Oh, it was, it was, to, to actually do the move? Uh, <laughs> we were, in order to afford um, both houses, our, our San Jose house and the uh, Red House, We we had to Airbnb the house that we weren't living in. Oh. So we would, we would spend uh, part of the year in San Jose and part of the year in the mountains. And that was going fairly well, kind of. Uh, it, was, it was profitable. We were, we were actually more than covering the cost of the house. So that was, that was nice. But um, the HOA in San Jose started to uh, make noise about not really wanting Airbnb uh, on their property. So rather than fight that, uh, we decided, hey, if we have to choose San Jose or the mountains, we choose the mountains. Yeah. So that's what we did. And it turns out that uh, we packed up uh, to move on the day that uh, Silicon Valley shut down wow. because of COVID. Isn't that we interesting? Were, we were moving on that day.
0: Hmm. Um, you you write, when you're following God, life is never boring. I really resonate with that. I mean, I started mm-hmm. podcasting at 67, which is way past wow. midlife. <laughs> and it's still a shock to me that this happens most every week. And mm-hmm. so that's the Lord. And, and I don't feel, <clears throat> I rarely feel bored. But. but I just love it that you did this. And I think you will inspire people who are reading the book who have nothing to do with homesteading, but just are God is prompting them there. He's tugging on their hearts to do something different.
1: Well, and let's be honest, there are a million different variations on homesteading. Yeah. You know, there's, <laughs> Hey, I'm going to do sourdough in my kitchen in New York city, which is a very homesteady thing to do. I think what, what homesteading really embodies is how much of this can I do myself And, you know, let's be honest, Roger and I are not full-time homesteaders. We are not, you know, our chickens are for eggs and cuteness only. Mm -hmm. Um, These are not meat birds. And so, you know, we've got a little flexibility in where we choose to put our homesteading and where we don't. You know, today, Roger spent most of the morning harvesting our garden. And so, you know, that's something that's fun to do we don't hear the vegetables scream so we're okay with it and uh but I think there's so many different variations of DIY mm. and you know this translates into <clears throat> other things for the book The External Homesteader we kept trying my publishing company kept trying to work with a company to have me come in and record the audio for the audiobook and I don't know. Everybody's flaky. It just felt like that. Everybody Mm. flaked out. And finally Mm. I said, you know, Roger and I can do this. We've done this before. (laughs) And so like, I would not consider, you know, DIYing your audio book next necessarily a homesteading skill, but let's be clear. Homesteading looks very different. It involves a lot of tech these days. Mm. And uh, I don't, I don't begrudge something being easier just because it's easier. Sometimes, you know, we get to choose our challenges, which is really right. lovely. And,
0: and some of the hard things that we do are actually relaxing. Like I have friends who hate to bake and they'll go, oh, you like to bake? And I thought, I guess I do because I'm continually baking. But it's, yeah. re- it's restful for me and, yes. it's, and it's stressful for people who are near and dear to me. So you you don't put those things on other people. Now, something I want to bring up was on page 16, just this, this whole decision process thing. This could be a whole episode just on that. But you say, I don't know what decision, big or small, you are considering in your own life. And then you go on to say, I think we tend to think of these decisions as one big decision that is either right or wrong, good or bad. But truly, they are a thousand little decisions, or I would say choices even. Uh, that are either going to change your life or not, and this has changed your life, but it was a thousand little decisions along the way. That's what I'm hearing. What do you think, Roger?
2: I think Kathy hit it right on the head when when she wrote that. Uh, you know, the um, even the decision about chickens uh, mm-hmm. or not. You know, <laughs> uh, we we uh, we we didn't uh, originally. I was very against uh, having chickens. I I didn't want. Chickens and, uh, but I was talking. Let's see what happened. We we had a, a friend over, who said, you know, this this place is perfect for chickens. Uh, he mm-hmm. was he was talking with Kathy downstairs. You guys should raise chickens here. It's <laughs> it's perfect for it. And at the same time, Kathy was having that conversation uh, with Forrest. I was having a conversation with my boss, uh, and he was telling me about. Raising chickens in San Jose. Wow! Uh, and how easy they were to raise, and you could leave for you know days, and they're just fine. And I said, like, well, okay, we should, we should give this a try. So I come downstairs and I Kathy out of the blue, uh, hey, maybe what what do you think of uh, raising chickens here? Yeah,
1: <laughs> isn't it? And I just told Forrest, no, Roger is dead set against it. He will never say yes. He has oh, told me he wow. will never have chickens. And he's like, what if we had chickens? I'm yeah. like, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, but the next day we went out and we gosh, found baby gosh. chicks. Yes.
0: Well, the, I know you've already written a marriage book, but you could write another marriage book after this because I know what it's like after being married a long time You go, he's never going to change his mind. And then God right. comes in swoops in with the forest or with the boss or something. Um, <laughs> one thing uh, that you said Uh, was that we can romanticize living in the mountains. And I Mm -hmm. used to live in Idlewild, 6,000 feet up. Uh, And I would romanticize having one of those beautiful cabins for myself. But Mm -hmm. then, of course, I lived through a couple winters up there, too, without a snowplow. Um, But I was single, but God swooped in with some nice men who helped me out. What has been the hardest parts for each of you, but worth it anyway? We'll start with you, Kathy.
1: Um. It's very surprising what the hardest parts have been for me. Oh, what I thought, I thought for me, it would be the isolation. It doesn't bother me at all. I oh. can go, I can go weeks without seeing another human being in the flesh, except for Roger. Yes. I would be miserable if I didn't see Roger. Uh, but Sweet. so that's really surprises me because I am definitely more of an extrovert than Roger is. Uh, but I would say the, uh, feeling a little tied to the the house. Like I do, you know, whenever we want to go someplace, we need chicken sitters. We need, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> dog sitters. Most people need those. But it's definitely somebody to take care of it. And there are lots of people who want to come to the Red House. They may not necessarily want to come at the same time you do, and they may not necessarily want to touch chickens. Mm-hmm. So... I would say that's one of our (laughs) our biggest challenges here. And then the winters have been extreme,
0: extreme. So, and and not just the winters, all those fires.
1: Yes. Well, that, that for sure. We had the Caldor fire start a mile and a half from our house. It's right. And there, there were about three weeks we didn't know, you know, and there were definite. there was definitely a week where we did not know. We, we did not know if we had a house anymore. Mm. And so, yeah, you know, Roger, I will say, does the heavy lifting during the extreme weather. And so it feels a little disingenuous for me to say, oh, the hardest part for me is the winter when he's out there shoveling to the chickens. Yeah. But yeah, it's tough.
0: It's Mm -hmm. tough. Hmm. Roger, what about you? I I, remember
2: uh, a few years ago, uh, the, the winter that we had. Uh, That was, that was the real wake up call Mm. uh, for me anyway, that winter is no joke here. Uh, We're, we're off the main road by about a mile and there's nobody coming that mile down the mountain to plow. Um, And it's, it's mountain gravel road. Uh, So when there's four feet of snow on the ground, you're, you're here. Mm. That that's just, how it is until there's not four feet of snow on the ground (laughs) we do have a neighbor who will occasionally Mm -hmm. come and plow um so it's not quite that uh on or off but it is um it is challenging and i Mm. i remember the, the winter a few years ago uh we were trapped in the house for probably a month Wow, maybe maybe not quite a month.
0: You have to really um, like each other. You have to really yeah, like each other. We it. do. Yeah. That's that's we, one of our superpowers. We do <laughs> really like each other.
2: Um, and toward the end of that month, we lost power, mm-hmm. and uh, or I guess about a two weeks into that month, we lost power, and we were running the generator, uh, and we didn't have very much propane to run the generator because and the we propane were being very
1: sparingly about it. Yeah.
2: It, the propane company never came to refill us before winter, so they, they kept we, wow.
1: lying, Sue. They really did. They it's kept amazing. lying, saying it was, it was we'll be there This week we'll be there this week, and then we had the big storm, and they're like, "Yeah, there's nothing we can do." It was yeah. Thanks We a have lot. since we have since switched propane companies. Sorry, oh, go ahead, right. We,
2: <laughs> we had fifteen percent of our propane tank left when oh. the power went out. <gasps> uh, yeah. yeah. So it was we were in serious situation. So we were conserving, just running it a few hours a day, and we knew that would go for about two weeks. Um, about a week into that, the generator gave that. Mm. Um, it won't start. It's not because it's out of propane. It just it died
1: fine.
2: Uh, because of a maintenance problem. Um, so what do we do? We're stuck. We can't go anywhere. We don't have power. Mm. Uh, we do have heat because we have a, a wood-burning stove, um, but, yeah, it, it uh, you know, we, we're, we're melting snow on the wood-burning stove in order to flush toilets. Mm. Uh, I can't tell you how much snow you need oh my gosh. in order to get two gallons of water to flush a toilet.
0: Oh my it's, gosh.
2: It's a, it's a huge <laughs> ratio of, uh, yeah, so it was, it was, it was kind of crazy. And that's when we heard um, chainsaws up at the top of the hill. And it was just the sound of life. And I remember yeah. I went up there and, and found our, our wonderful neighbor, uh, Paul, uh, plowing paths and cutting trees. Because not only were we snowed in, but trees had fallen over the road. Oh, my goodness. So even if we had driven up there because it was cloud. We weren't going anywhere because there were 200 foot trees uh, blocking the road. Oh, wow! Massive, massive trees. But he had an excavator and was taking care of it and clearing the way. And, um, and his
1: girlfriend was in a party dress with her with her um, snow pants over it, helping him. It was just with amazing. the chainsaw.
2: She was the one yeah. with the chainsaw in the party oh dress. Oh my gosh. <laughs>
1: So, yeah. Sue, what we have figured out here is that if either one of us is not into this anymore, we're out. Okay. Because it really does take Thanks. so Nobody mm-hmm. could do this. On, I mean, neither of us could do it on our own, but mm-hmm. we have just just enough skills <laughs> combined with the two of us <laughs> to make it happen. But we love it. We love
0: it. We love it. I love the title of your first chapter, Our First Winter and All We Didn't Know. And I think people are afraid to take the next step because of what they don't know. But we really don't know what we don't know. You didn't know what you didn't know. You didn't know you would have to do all this stuff or how bad a winter could be, because not every winter is that way. And that was your first. You were like what do you call that trial by fire or by snow or by trees, by snow. you know, and no propane and the company you can't really do anything about. I mean, these are all real things.
1: Yeah. It, you know, and the people who owned the house before us, when we asked how much snow do you get, they said about two to four inches a year, which had been their experience. What a difference. But yeah, what a difference.
0: What a difference. And well, so last year we got know, to 12 feet. Oh, oh yeah 12 feet not 12 yeah. inches wow 12, well you say you yeah. learn on the job is that something that we should be afraid of that we learn on the job
1: I I think you don't want to learn heart sur- surgery on the job oh there we go that's true. yes but um and I think it's re- one thing to know is that you know before this I'd written a book about being prepared in an emergency and mm-hmm. so you can't just, fly into a situation not knowing you have to know what what could happen Mm, right and uh you have to know like where the closest hospital is these are all things we need to know but I also don't want to be the person who says I'm not going to do it because of all the things that could happen right I mean you know I we're much more likely to get into a car wreck where we lived before because there are a lot more cars, you know, you're, you're trading different things. So I wouldn't consider us like extreme sport kind of people, but we do have an adventurous spirit. We do want to see Mm -hmm. what we can make happen. And I think we really do vibe with the not easier life, but the simpler life. And that's what this has become.
0: Yeah. It's not easier. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. And we're always trying to learn new things and Mm -hmm. we, because we don't know what we don't know as we encounter it, we, we learn it. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. uh, if we can't, or we don't know it, uh, then we have uh, neighbors that are a good support system as well.
0: And not only that, that speaks to the fact that we are supposed to live in community, whether we're Christian or not, they are not necessarily Christian people who are pouring into your life and helping you every day. And uh, that's, that's what God wants us to be in community because we aren't meant to have all the skills set ourselves or even as a couple. I like what you said here. You said our brains have expanded and so has our faith. Mm -hmm. Um, How is this different from when you lived in the city? I would say in the city, I became,
1: I, I would, Roger, you can tell me if I'm living in my own fantasy land. I don't consider myself what, is typically called a Karen. I don't, I don't feel like I have a high sense of dissatisfaction. I don't complain at restaurants. Um, you know, yeah. I understand everybody is usually trying to do their best. But it's very easy to become discontented when you are used to contentment all the time. Mm-hmm. And when you live where we live, there is no such thing as instant gratification. Okay. We have Netflix. So yes, there is some instant gratification. But if you're like, you know, I really feel like Thai food tonight. Well, you know, that's going to be, (laughs) yeah. Either I have to learn how to make it or it's an hour and a half trip. And that's just not worth the energy or the effort. Mm -mm. And so I just have to be content with, you know what, we're going into town on Wednesday. I'll, I'll get to enjoy my Thai food on Wednesday.
0: Yeah, something and, to look
1: forward to, actually. Right. And I really do think it makes you so much more grateful because I can't door dash a Starbucks. Mm. I can't have food delivered to me. I can't go to the movie theater on a whim. And so we appreciate those things a lot more.
0: Yeah, when we don't have them. When I traveled uh, with a backpack and two girlfriends for 10 weeks through Europe, I really appreciated the toilet paper when I got home. Right, of course. This right, was, you know, many years ago, but their toilet paper has probably improved. But it's like but, the little but, things.
1: Yeah. And when had you ever thought about toilet paper Never. before that? Because that, you just grown up in a house but, with it? Yeah. yeah, well, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, you just gained such a sense of appreciation for so many.
0: how um when i when you wrote god is our first thought instead of our last resort when a crisis comes up how is that true for you roger
2: well i think it's a it's our our perspective mm-hmm. out here you know when when these uh wonderful things are happening this environment is just beautiful uh literally every day we wake up and we say to each other i can't believe we get to live here wow it's just so beautiful it's so life giving and we know that is a blessing from God. Mm-hmm. And how could we say that and not also praise God in those winters and summers when we're, you know, out because okay. of fires or snowed in because of storms? It's the same God. And we recognize his hand mm-hmm. in all of these things. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So. True. so- I think um, those of you who are listening can tell already that you're going to gain a lot of wisdom from this book because of these great people. And you both have such a great following. I I follow you on Facebook and people really prayed you through those hard times or prayed you through, you know, Moose has cancer. I'm not sure I'm supposed to mention that. No, that's and, okay. <clears throat> and uh, the fact that Moose got to be on the cover of your book. I love it that you're so practical in the book. In fact, today I was reading again. I thought, wow, I could get really excited about making my own laundry detergent. Will I do that before the writers <laughs> conference coming up in October? No, I will not. But I might do it afterwards because cool. I just think it's so cool. And yeah. once you get it, it's not like I have a lot of laundry. My kids aren't home anymore, but I still have laundry because laundry is a fact of life and it will stick with right. you. And it's for the environment. And it's kind of yes. cool to do one DIY. DIY. Do it yourself thing because I'm yeah. craft impaired. You know, I don't care. I don't Me care. Too. About, I don't knit chickens or anything. Um <laughs> but for both of you, what is your favorite power outage tip? You listed so many. How about you, Kathy? Oh,
1: wow. Uh I would say uh we got a DVD player that runs on battery. Oh, and so you know, those are very long days yeah. when things are. So we have a power bank that we where we charge everything. We charge oh, our computers. Yeah. We charge everything. And we watch our DVDs when the power's out because when else do you watch a DVD? Yeah, so things exactly. like Northern Exposure, you can yeah. that's not that's not available for download anywhere because of copyrighted music. So uh-huh. we get to watch that. So, so I that I would say the power bank is probably my favorite tip.
0: Yeah, I read that. And I thought well, that's genius. What about you, Roger?
2: We have a uh, a bucket, and this was also Kathy's idea. We have a bucket of all of our paraphernalia that we use during a power outage. Oh, and like what? it's just uh, so we've got solar powered uh, lanterns um, that uh, we put through the house just to light the house. Uh, we have the charging stations. We've got a huge solar battery that can run our TV for a couple hours and uh, a few other little odds we and We have
1: adds. a tea kettle that we a can tea use kettle, to heat right? up water and, and the a, bath, a bath bob, which is a, a liner for your bathtub that you, when you have water, you can fill it up so that you can scoop water to use for your toilet or bathing or whatever.
0: Oh, clever. Yeah, I bet yeah. you keep finding more f- fun things on the internet or maybe in oh, sure. adventure yes. <laughs> stores. My favorite one was um, packing containers with snow. Of course, I don't have snow. I live in San Luis Obispo, but we do have power outages. So I would pack mm-hmm. the containers with ice because the ice is right yeah. there and then repack my freezer and refrigerator. I already knew not to open it too often, but that mm-hmm. was just so practical And you don't have to move to the mountains to use your tips. Some of my favorite quotes. One is, if you homestead, you're not taking the easy route. It's rewarding, but not convenient. I would think that's an understatement a little bit.
1: (laughs) Well, you know what? It's not like Little House on the Prairie, right? You know, we've got, we love our modern conveniences. Do not get me wrong. We Mm -hmm. both have, uh, I have two screens that I plug into Roger has three, I, you know, we, we run a podcast from here. We have um, three TVs in the house. Oh. We, you know, we love our air fryer. We love our instant oh, pot me too. But you know, so you don't have, there are some people who want to wear, you know, what is that? The, the hair, hair, hair shirt. You know, they oh, want yeah. you to see how much they're suffering. Yeah, sacrificing. That Yeah, that's not us. No, we Mm -hmm. we love our conveniences. We have Starlink Internet, but we also know how to do it when everything's taken away. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that there's real there's there's something beautiful about that. I don't think we ever would have become gardeners had we not moved up here. I don't, we never would have raised chickens. We have a greenhouse. We, you know, we're, we're doing things that we never thought we would do. At, you know, when we moved here, I was 50, Roger was 55. Now, you know, I'm well into my 50s and he's well into, he's not well into, he's just brushed past 60. That's right. But uh, you're both chickens, we,
0: little chickens. Yeah. Little Baby chickens chicken. compared to me. Chickens. That's Sorry, right. There we go. I knew there's something to do with chickens there. You're, you both are but, spring chickens.
1: But <laughs> you know spring. what, isn't that, isn't that, there are people who are in their forties who consider themselves old. Yeah. And Sue, I don't know how old you are. 71. But there's no, see, but there's nothing in me that would say old, you know, like it's we a mindset. Are all it really is. We are trying to learn. We're trying to.
0: <laughs> last night, we went to a spice drying class. I know. I was going to bring that up. So, Roger, did you like that class? That was your date night. You went to a spice drying. Well, that our date class. night. Oh, yes. the, this <laughs> was pretty much for Roger. <laughs> oh, Roger's really? the spice master in oh, our house. Yes. I think that is very well, cool. I don't have the patience. We,
2: we have... In our, in our garden, in our greenhouse, we have a lot of um, spices that we grow, like basil and oregano, and it grows really well up here. I mean, really well. Amazing. So what do we do with all this basil? Here?
0: Yeah, exactly. So, um, open, a sto- open a farmer's market, but there's I, no one who would drive that far. That's right.
2: So uh, today I, I harvested half of our basil, maybe not even quite half. Oh my goodness! And it's it filled up uh, probably half of our dining room table. No. As it's drying.
0: There goes the you know, pesto. So You're I've, gonna be making pesto. Yep, pesto. Pesto, exactly. and
2: we'll dry some. And we'll. I I really want to create a, a red house spice blend.
0: Oh. You know, based
2: on the spices that grow up here nicely.
0: What a great idea! That will be your next career. So here we go. <laughs> I just interviewed a my brother. My, bro- <laughs> my brother turned 80 last week. My brother, my wow. oldest brother. And he and when I interviewed him, oh, you should hear it. it. You'll just love it because he's so creative. Mm-hmm. He goes, Oh, I'm in my third career. And I thought, Well, do you have time for a fourth? I'm not gonna ask God that, but uh <laughs> it's so exciting to live this way and to have mm-hmm. the Red House spice blend. I'll be your first customer, Roger, because nice. I, I buy my Basil. I buy it fresh though. Sometimes. Um, now is this your life motto, Kathy? Perfect is not the goal. Loved and lovely is the goal.
1: I love that. I would say it's the red house motto for me. Okay. Um, for Roger, it's probably please don't kill us house. But for me, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I, Sue, I just think that, you know, I became the, 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 director of household at the same time I became a mom, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, so I do know there are other people who did house so much better than I did. It was very hard for me to keep on top of kids and cooking and cleaning the house and managing all the things. And I think I thought, well, I'm just not good at this. Mm-hmm. I'm just not good at the And what I've come to understand is that's a lot to put on a 23 year, you know, five years before, you know, two years before that I was in college. Right. I, and then to say, now you've got all these additional responsibilities is too much. And Mm -hmm. so to say, you know, can I learn something new in my thirties, my forties, my fifties, my sixties? can I have a house I love when I've, you know, that's been really tough in Hmm. decades past. Hmm. And so perfection is not the goal, but everything I look at in my house, I either love it or I use it. And if I use it, it means I love it. And so that's to me is the goal loved and lovely is the goal. Hmm.
0: I'm writing that down. Everything I have in my house, I either love it or I use it. I feel the same way. And wow. I'm a, I'm a shopper. It's, it's, it is it's retail therapy for me, and I mm-hmm. love uh, thrifting. But yeah. I found like, okay, well, that's cute, but I don't love it.
2: Right. Or
0: I already have something that will work. I don't actually need it as well, which kind of yeah. takes the joy out of it. So I've passed it to my daughter, <laughs> so we try, I, I buy things for her. I either love it yeah. or I use it. I think that's so great. Now, I think this book is not just for the wannabe homesteader. I really want to emphasize that Um, because of all the practical wisdom that you offer. One thing you said was keep kicking the can down the road. I use that that very day because I'm working on a book. I am working on a book project and it's been hard as you know, writing is hard. Um, it's a simple way to make a hard living, or something like that. I was quoting yes, him. It's so true. And, and it wasn't simple that day. And I thought I'm just going to keep kicking the can down the road. I think everybody can figure that out. That's just good advice. Some other bits of wisdom. Can either one of you give me another bit of wisdom that you've learned from homesteading?
1: <clears throat> I, I I'll let Roger think about it <clears throat> for a second. But uh, there are a million people who want to teach you oh.
2: between
1: TikTok. YouTube, Facebook, instant Instagram, neighbors. They- what neighbors? Neighbors. Yes. Um, the the class we took last night was through our local extension. Wow. So, um, you know, in California, that's all run through the University of California, and other places where this is going to. You know, every every state has an extension. And I mean this place is amazing, Sue. They have learning everything from you know what we went to, spice dehydration to how to attract birds to your yard. Mm-hmm. To I picked up some flyers on creating disease in chickens. Uh they have everything. And so uh my my wisdom was would be there are a million people who want to teach you go figure out what brings you joy Mm. what is it that you enjoy you know like can i tell you i really think that once i learn how to bake sourdough it will bring me joy this is the hardest thing that i've tried to learn up here now there have been other things i've tried to learn i'm like oh that was too hard and it did not bring me joy i I don't need to do that anymore Mm -hmm. but Um, things that I have learned that do bring me joy. So drying spices right now, we've got a batch of cucumbers drying. Wow! We're going to make a tzatziki, um, blend out of, uh, making cheeses. So that's been really fun. Growing chickens, uh, this whole gardening experience, both in the, uh, greenhouse and in the actual garden, uh, bear deterrent. I don't know that that brought me joy. It brings me joy to know that bears are not eating our chickens. You know, there are a million things that we're learning. Roger's done a ton of woodworking up here. There there are so many ways to learn to do something that even if you just have a little stirring in you, that's Mm. what I feel like the homesteader spirit is. And it doesn't matter where you live to say, I want to learn how to do something. Even though I don't need to learn how to do it, mm-hmm. I don't, it's just as easy and maybe cost effective <laughs> to buy a table at IKEA as it is to build a table. But there's something about of building course. a table and learning how to do that. Mm-hmm. And there's something about bringing wood in in the winter and not turning on your heater. Mm-hmm. There's something about drying your clothes on the line and not running your dryer. There's just something about that that says, you know what? I'm getting a little smarter at the game. I'm lowering my energy bill or I'm eating fresher food. Mm -hmm. The first time we made a delicious pizza in our outdoor pizza oven, total score.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, it's not just learning something, uh, Kathy. I think it's the creative spirit that we're made in the image of God. And so when we do something that's creative for us, maybe not for you, It Mm -hmm. it excites us because we are living out our design, our creative design. Roger, what about you? Any particular bit of wisdom or practical tip you want to leave with us?
2: I I think when we were in the city, uh, there was so much convenience around us. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, if you wanted a a computer table, it was easy to go buy a computer table. Um, Out here, well, okay, do I buy that computer table or do I make that computer table? It's fun. And I've, I made both of our computer tapes <laughs> in, in both of our works. And it wasn't something that I had previously done. I mm-hmm. had no idea what I was doing. I, I looked it up in, in books and online and figured it out. Uh, so I think we can do way more than we think we can.
0: That's oh, so true. Mm-hmm.
2: And, and there's a lot of joy in doing that. Uh, gardening. I, I hadn't gardened before, um, but I get so much joy out of going into that garden and working it and seeing things grow. When our sunflowers first started to grow, mm. oh, my goodness, I was over the moon. We, we planted.
0: I wore these earrings in look your look her
2: earrings. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes, good. We planted um, several uh, mammoth sunflowers. So these are mm. sunflowers that grow quite tall. and. Uh, all of them grew at least 10 feet tall, and one of them grew to about, uh, I think, 14 or 15 feet. Wow. It was, it was spectacular to see. Isn't it uh, fun? And it, oh, yeah. It was, it was so wonderful. It, yeah. just, it brought a lot of joy. And now uh, two of them are in, on the kitchen table, uh, going to dry them out for uh, seeds.
0: <gasps> wow. It reminds me a little bit of my husband. He's from, I always blamed it on the fact that he was from Iowa. I thought everybody from Iowa just liked to figure things out themselves rather than go pay for it. Or, but there's a certain amount of pride and entrepreneurship and creativity and just figuring it out, whether I'd like to go call a repairman. No, 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 no. That just doesn't happen in our house. And he usually, usually figures, I mean, he could take out your gallbladder too, but he likes to figure things out. Um, and I need to just give him that freedom, you know? Right. And also we could not have afforded the remodel unless he did it himself, but he did get joy from it, you know? Yeah. And I survived because I got to, you know, I had to go out to eat at least every two weeks. That was the only way nice. I could survive when there was no heat. Yes, um, absolutely. There's so much we could talk about this, but I want to close with this. One of my favorite sections is, uh, soup is a way of life because you know I'm a cook and I'm into hospitality and yeah. into sharing whatever I cook or whatever. And I made your interpretive soup yesterday because I had some very slippery cabbage and and carrots. Yes, but yes. it made so much I had to put half of it in the freezer. But I am having also. company next week for lunch and that will serve. Perfect. Plus, it That's... helps me lose weight because soup is so healthy. So. Soup is so great. <laughs> so that whole section you list seven benefits um, and they're all great. Um, but they'll make me cry if I read them all, but I, uh, tell us the story of how you came about that. Cause you cook on Saturday and I know your next book is about Sabbath and I can't wait to talk yeah. to you about that if I'm still podcasting. Yeah. So I don't worry, it'll, it'll happen. But, yeah. um, what, tell me the story of soup and your neighbor. Wasn't it something about him helping you and you gave him soup as a gift or something?
1: You know, the, there are a couple of different, um, soup stories, but, okay. uh, our, our neighbor who came with the the plow, um, you know, to get us out. And I mean, really, I I don't know what we would have done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were crying when he came with that. And then, so I just started bringing him soup. And he's a bachelor Mm -hmm. and uh, he doesn't live up here full time, although he's um, transitioning to living here more. And I just brought him soup. And soup is the easiest thing to make a little bit more of. It's yes. just, it's so easy. And so at first Roger was like, does he think it's weird that you're bringing him food? Like, yeah. you yeah. know, it just, and you know, we don't do that in San Jose. We don't, you know, I, we, Roger didn't do that in Florida, but we just now about once or twice a week, just bring him food. And there's almost always soup in the mix. Mm. And we just had a party for, uh, the book Yeah. At, at, um, we invited some friends who are local and we of course invited him and he he just said how much that food means to him every oh. single week hmm. and the other thing that I you know the reason I've really started to cook on Fridays and Saturdays is because I realized everybody gets a Sabbath except for the cook yeah. <laughs> the cook doesn't get a Sabbath that's me and, right and, but if I cook on Friday and Saturday, then Sunday, I get to have a Sabbath. Mm -hmm. So it was just a matter of looking at that work in a different kind of way.
0: Mm. Well, I think you've hit the jackpot with this book. Uh, I listed a few things, wisdom for life. We've talked a lot about that today, a story of a grand adventure, really, in midlife, Uh, homesteading principles and practical lists, tips, Um, You're funny. I mean, even the chapter titles are funny. I mean, I am afraid of my cast iron skillet. It's too heavy. Right? Most people are. I have a friend who's really good at it. So when she comes, she'll use my like, where is it? I think I have one. But that just the chapter title is engaging. Uh, It's inspiring and photography. Aren't you glad you had photographs made such a difference? Yeah. And uh, plus recipes. I mean, I'm partial to recipes. Is this your legacy? This book? you think, or how has it fleshed out your legacy that you already have?
1: You know, it's interesting. Um, My most popular book was about marriage. Mm -hmm. Uh, My most influential book was about clutter. Yes. And this feels like the natural progression of that. Mm -hmm. A good marriage, learning to live lighter in our life. And this is the life that we want. And you know, we've had several hard things happen up here, you know, yeah. between the the winters and there was a point where Roger was really, really sick mm. and we didn't know what was going on with oh, him. Oh yeah. And very, very scary for us. But uh I just I think between this and the next book about Sabbath soup and taking rest, um there has been become a rhythm and a routine to our lives that is just life giving. Mm. And I hope that comes through in this and the next book, but really this book about, we do get to make choices. We get to, um, you know, I understand that we, Roger and I have a lot of privilege because of the job he has, the job I have, Um, you know, there are many things that contribute to our privilege. But I pray that every day we learn to steward that well Mm -hmm. and that we can be, we can live um, a life of abundance where we are caring for other people well. And I really feel like that's what this book is about, is about us caring for others well and recognizing how we've been cared for Mm -hmm. and just our gratitude for that.
0: One question I haven't asked and I'll leave it for Roger uh, what do your kids think of all this?
2: Um, most of them think we're kind of crazy.
0: That's all right. Par for we, the course.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, we we've got uh, uh, two that are a little more connected to this kind of environment. Mm-hmm. So uh, my my son comes up um, uh, for meteor showers. Uh, oh. So because we have beautiful views of the skies. Well. Partial views of the skies because we do have tall trees all around, but <laughs> it still, it's better than San Jose. And uh, uh, my daughter's a little more outdoorsy as well, so uh, they they appreciate it yeah. at a distance.
1: She did <laughs> call us. She did say we were having a homeless midlife crisis oh, because dear. we were moving <laughs> between both houses. Yeah. yeah. not But uh, I think they. I think they love. I think all four of them are really proud of
0: us. I was going to say secretly proud, if not outwardly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They, they tell, they tell their friends that we're crazy. They kind of roll their eyes, Mm -hmm. but they love that we live here. They, they take tons of pictures of the chickens and, um, you know, it doesn't hurt that, mm-hmm. you know, our kids are in their thirties. It doesn't hurt that we're surrounded by about 40 wineries around here. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, that, that free, is definitely free lodging. a draw. Yeah. They yeah, get free, free lodging. lodging. They, oh. they, they talk about it with a lot of, um, amusement and pride.
0: Of course. My, yeah. my kids are the same about me podcasting. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, I th- you guys remind me. My folks are now in glory. They lived till ninety seven and ninety five. And maybe one reason wow. is in at sixty five. My dad bought a Lindall Cedar home, and I don't know if you're familiar with that. Oh. But they send they even send you the nails. You pick out the style you want. They had bought property up in Magalia, which is a step above Paradise, which was a funny billboard. Mm-hmm. And we thought they were crazy too. But every vacation they spent building and dad would not show pictures of his grandchildren. He would just pull out of his pocket, you know, those little pockets. Here's how far he is along in this home. It's like, he loved this home more than anything. It was such pride and joy, the Miguelia home. And we were so proud of them Mm -hmm. uh, because they did it themselves. And my mom helped and we would have barn raisings and it's really part of the more lore, the legend, Yeah. And part of their, um, their legacy to us, that they're willing to do something great and fun. doesn't matter how old you are. And you guys have really embodied that. And you've already answered our last question, which is how do you embody the welcoming heart of God? Because you live to care for other people. It's not just so that you look great. So I appreciate that.
1: We want to, we want to, and I'm glad that that comes through because, uh, other people enrich our lives so much when we can have them here. It's it's a beautiful thing. It's also beautiful to see them go home and restore the quiet and the peace. So we love both. We love the comings and the goings.
0: I feel the same. <laughs> and I'm a seven as well. Thank you both <laughs> so much, Roger and Kathy, for your time today. God bless you. Thanks so much for Good. having us. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at WelcomeHeart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.